The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Jr. Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. Well, good week once again. Welcome to episode 49 of the Weekly Harvest Podcast presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the brand of Wheat Kings on QCountryFM.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. If it's Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, we appreciate you listening, tuning in. Uh, Crow, we've passed the 10,000 download mark, uh, which now we got that fancy little badge on one of the pages. So always good to see <laughs> you. But, but appreciate all the subscribers. But episode 49, I'm Chris Falco. He's Brandon Crow. How are you this week? I'm great. It's been a great week for Brandon Week King Hockey. Three straight victories since our last podcast to Brandon. Now, uh, aside from Saskatoon's win today, uh, we're within two points of top spot in the East, but now it's four again. So certainly the hockey's been good. The weather has been the shits, uh, especially on the night that we're recording this right now. I'm looking out my hotel window and it is an absolute nightmare. And if it isn't snowing and windy yet outside your window, it will be shortly because I'm about a couple hours ahead of you on the old weather trail. The wind picked up here about uh, about an hour and a half ago. Uh, there's no snow as of yet while we record this. It's a 930 Monday night here uh, in Brandon. Uh, but yeah, saw the forecast, saw some of the videos out of uh, Kindersley and, and, and out of wow. Alberta. So Scary. yeah, there's some there, there's some crazy stuff heading our way. So uh, hopefully everybody enjoys winter number three as it feels more like at least hockey season again a little <laughs> bit here. Uh, coming up next uh, this this week, Crow, the Wheat Kings, it's, it's, a, it's a mad schedule. I mean, we, we got games averaging just over every two days. So there, there's lots happening. But uh, up next is a matchup that uh, before the season started, I was, what are you trying to show there? Trying to show something? Or? Oh, sorry. No, I just forgot that my camera was oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to show something while I'm talking no, for no, those watching no, on the video. Um, uh, I was very excited before the season started for all these PA branded matchups because these typically were always some very intense affairs. A lot of that yeah. I thought had to do with the travel maybe back and forth of the teams were just upset they had to go that far to play each other. That they almost <laughs> wanted to play harder. Uh, but um, it's always been very... Uh, very high caliber, but especially with the defensive matchup, at least looking at the preseason, when it was going to be Gooley versus Schneider, a number of other matchups that are very interesting. But over the last uh, number of games here for Prince Albert, they have just been decimated with injuries, unfortunately, and another one coming just earlier today, as we don't know the extent, but uh, one of their stars, Ozzy Weisblatt, appears to be uh, to be, appears to be out for at least day-to-day at this point. Um, but uh, PA, who came into this uh, hub looking like they were going to be one of the absolute favorites, they're not really doing a whole lot right now. Oh, man, the injuries are piling up, and it's not just with PA, it's with everybody. I mean, you got uh, Carson Lambos, who's left uh, the hub due to a, a medical issue. Uh, Caden Gooley, the broken hand. Ozzy Weisblad gets checked from behind by Chase Waters today. Uh, Colton Dock got uh, butt-ended in the midsection. Uh, that led to a five-minute major. Jacob Brook, a broken leg for Regina. Uh, Mikey Milne done with Winnipeg. Uh, Jaden Grube out in Red Deer. He's done for the season, so uh, injuries have piled up, and Brandon has, has knock on wood, hasn't had anything serious, but they've had guys out of the lineup that they shouldn't uh, want to have out of the lineup and Reed Purplick, Ty Thorpe, Braden Schneider's missed a couple of games. Jackson Dubé after a, a great debut. Uh, he's missed a couple with a with a lower body injury. So uh, injuries are, are 
becoming a real issue here. And and Perry talked about it on our episode with him. I think that was episode 47, maybe, or, or somewhere in there, where he said that without the preseason and with the long off season and inability to train like you normally would, you would start to see these injuries start to wrap up a little bit. And he was, he hit the nail right on the head. So, um, you know, that this matchup with Prince Albert is, you know, especially uh, tonight, when you listen to this, this is, uh, you might be listening to this Tuesday on the 30th of March, Brandon taking on Prince Albert later in the afternoon on the 30th. So, that was probably a marquee matchup, but now with all the injuries to PA, I mean, on paper, they are struggling. At times, Max Paddock's been hurt here as well. They've only had one goalie dressed, and they've had Winnipeg's third goalie as their emergency backup. So uh, the injury the injury ward here inside the hub has really, really gotten busy, and uh, it's a shame because we've seen some great hockey, and hopefully these teams can stay healthy, especially Brandon, they can stay healthy and, and continue to put on a show here for the 33 people in the building every night. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? It's kind of funny. Uh, on the broadcast, those 33 people, I think, are starting to make a little more noise. I think that that, that they're starting to, to not quite be so so reserved. I'm hearing a little bit of cheering almost after a couple of goals there. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Because I, I, I feel like there's probably, honestly, ballpark probably 12 to 20 rink staff that are cleaning all the time. They're always buzzing around the rink with these like little Ghostbuster backpack thingies spraying down every high touch surface. And uh, there's constantly people cleaning. There's the ice people and everything. And they're not really supposed to cheer, but every once in a while, you'll like look down at the Zamboni door after a goal and you see a couple fist pumps from one of the Zamboni guys. And you'll hear like a woo on the yeah. ice mics. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny actually, because realistically, aside from the NHL scouts and the team personnel in the building, those are really the only people that aren't affiliated with anybody and and can do that and be a fan. So it's pretty funny. Every once in a while, you see uh, an orange jacketed rink worker uh, letting out a woohoo after a goal, especially when Regina plays uh, the odd fist bump and high five by the Zamboni door. So anyway, it's pretty funny. It's still weird being in an empty rink, though. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's been some great hockey. We're almost a month into this thing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're past the quarter mark already. And uh, this is all this is all going to be over before we even know it. You know what I've been a real big fan of? Uh, kudos to uh, IKS in Regina. They're the production company who has uh, taken all of the production. So they're doing it for all the teams in the hub, which, I mean, if you can imagine like a production team who now has the seven different scripts for the home teams of which commercials to run, which sponsor logo bugs and everything, um, all things considered with the new service provider, uh, they've done fantastic. And the footage that we've gotten the HD quality, the instant replays, like after a goal is over, they have instantly four different angles of that goal, including a slow-mo uh, camera. Um, I think they're doing a fantastic job of covering these games. Like when we're back in the office and we're clipping those clips to put them up online, uh, just so people know, like if you're not watching it online, you can go to our Twitter, you can go to the Facebook, uh, go to our Instagram, and the goals are being posted in their entirety within three to five minutes of it actually happening so like you can watch like the 45 second play of the goal on our social media in full hd with the replays thanks to the new uh, streaming service and thanks to iks so uh, from that standpoint this year i think it's been going really well for our fans the fact that you know if nobody can be there and they can't be in the arena to cheer like that at least uh, you know after the all the issues the first couple of games have been resolved uh, i think as well i uh, haven't heard any problems with whl live since just the first couple so i i think overall it's uh, yeah. kudos to them and it's been it's been really good as a weak king fan I had to laugh because uh, the graphics, I know the graphics guy who's putting up the lower thirds. He works for the Rod Peterson show and uh, it just kind of works with IKS. Of course, the Rod Peterson show is an IKS production. So uh, 
Braden Schneider. It's yeah, a name a that's for the, spellings. Yeah. the first year. Braden Schneider, I spelled it wrong. I was always going I before E, which you've seen Schneider spelled that way sometimes. But in Braden Schneider's case, it's E-I. So about halfway through the third game, <laughs> Braden Schneider's dad texts me and goes, Crow, do you have anything to do with the spelling? Because I've given you this lecture before. Because <laughs> he has. Because in game stories and game notes, I used to always spell it wrong until he texted me and told me to get it right. He said, because they have spelled Braden's name wrong every game so far. So I texted Clark down at ice level and said, boys, Schneider's mom, she's a cop. And she's furious that you guys are spelling his name wrong. She will find you. And she will punish you for this. And they had a good chuckle about it anyway. And they switched it around. And ever since then, it's been good. But speaking of spelling mistakes, how about Ty Throp, Brandon Weeking <laughs> forward uh, on the stealth jerseys? I, ha- I haven't laughed that hard at a just random error. The Brandon new stealth jerseys, they're, they're awesome. The fans love them. But when you, when you mass order a jersey like that and things get put together, sometimes there's going to be an error. And Ty Thorpe's jersey was spelled Throp instead of Thorpe, T-H-R-O-P-E. And Scooter luckily noticed it before warm-up and was able to cut it up and re-glue it and stitch it all back together. But If that does not preach about the amazing importance of equipment managers and the work that Scooter does... In minor hockey, he would have been Ty Throp for the rest of the tournament. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Who would have had to change the score sheet and just give him a new name? (laughs) Ty Throp. Oh, but Scooter and Jody, they cut it up, put it back together. You'd never notice. If, If the Weekings hadn't tweeted that out, there isn't a single person that would have ever noticed that. And that reminds me a lot of the, the sock incident in Saskatoon where Scooter forgot the socks and wore Saskatoons with blue on them, but he used black tape and nobody noticed. So that's Scooter, him and Jody, they are absolute wizards down in the locker room. But speaking of spelling, I thought that was a funny error. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Tie throp. Uh, <laughs> initially, we were going to actually tweet that out on that night, but there was so much going on. And that was actually Scooter's. I think that was even uh, the first stealth game. That was, yeah, that was like his uh, his 400th. So <laughs> even what a, So like what a, you know, what a way to, 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 to earn that title on that night. Um, coming up, we have got a very fun guest this week, Crow. Uh, now we're going to wow. be talking more after, uh, for just a little bit. The pause is going to be a little bit shorter than normal this week, just cause, uh, we got, we got a lot going on. Uh, before when we do get back, I know that we have to talk about the app. Um, and we want to talk about the 50, 50 among a couple other things, but, uh, we want to get into the interview this week. It was not like normal where we have like 45 minutes to an hour to sit down and talk to a guest, um, because he was, you know, doing a bit of the, I guess the media circuit with what's going on with the with uh, with the, the new series game changers we were able to get at least 20 just over 20 minutes with matt doherty a man who we all more affectionately know as lester averman from the mighty ducks franchise <laughs> man i'll tell you we've had some cool guests ron hextall bob mckenzie craig button ray ferraro uh all media icons I haven't been as excited and as nervous as I was for an interview as I was today because, I mean, all those guys, yeah, they were a big part of my life, but I, I don't think people understand when I say that, you know, the Mighty Ducks were such a part of my childhood. I mean, I, I wore through VHS tapes. I watched them religiously. When I, when I told my mom that, you know, Matt was coming on and that Averman was coming on, she couldn't believe it because she was like, you know, she laughed because, you know, she knows how much those movies were such a big part of my childhood. So it's weird that he's so old. I mean, to me, he's still 15, but I thought this was so much fun. It was so cool. He was a great guy. Uh, He chatted with us before he chatted with me after you snuck off to a meeting and uh, we had a great chat. So 
Uh, it's off the board. It's it's outside the the normal realm of Week King talk. But of course, with Disney Plus's Mighty Ducks reboot series launching last Friday, we thought this was appropriate. So uh, I know you've got a cool story. You actually went to the debut at the Russell Theater of Mighty Ducks, the original I one. Remember. Not, you know, you know, well, the, as much as the debut can happen in Russell theater, like it would have happened, you <laughs> was know, there a red carpet. It would have happened theater? about, no, God, it would have happened about two months after the movie actually gets released. And then it finally makes its way to the small towns, right? Like this is, this is the early nineties, right? So this is back in the day, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it was interesting to, to, to see him now, like we saw him in the, in the press promotional photos, but, uh, for me, that just speaks like he's just a little older than me. Like he was born uh, six years uh, before me. So it's just six years older. And that's almost like makes sense with this whole generational thing with me and kids now that, you know, again, we talked to like you're here in the interview. I got kids who watch the Mighty Ducks and are the next generation coming on up. So, you know, for me to now to be a grown up and remember when I was, you know, basically his age when the movies came out and all that, it was just an absolute trip to get to talk to him, honestly. And, uh, and I mean, he's not like some A-list, like, let's be honest. He's not some Hollywood A-list actor. He is this, uh, you know, child star. Down to earth. You know, American. Who, very down to earth. He just, he was a great guy. Like, I actually really enjoyed just talking and it was, he was, he was great. He was really great. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun talking to him. Um, I hope that people enjoy this. So here we go. Just over 20 minutes of our time with uh, a, a man who is part of a franchise, who is obviously a massive part of both mine and Crow's childhood. Perfect timing as Brooksy takes us in the background as, uh, as, we, up, as we get into Brooksy. That's what I'm telling you, Brooksy. Where's John Tortorella when you need him? <laughs> Torres, come and tell Brooksy what's going on. Here it is. Matt Howard, Weekly Harvest. Welcome back. Episode 49 of the Weekly Harvest presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wheat Kings. And we're going off the board here for our guest this week. It's not a Wheat King. It's not a former Wheat King. And it's not really a junior hockey guy at all. But everyone that's listening, I guarantee you've heard of him before. He's Matt Doherty, better known as Lester Averman from the Mighty Duck movies. He's an actor, musician, writer, teacher out in L.A. First off, Matt, uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, what's going on out in L.A. today? I'm just hanging out with my plant back here. That's uh... a... <laughs> Whose name is uh, Hugo, actually. We, well, it's COVID, uh, so you can't be around your friends, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Hugo and I are friends now, man. That's, uh, that's, that's the deal. Um, I'm just sitting here in my, uh, in, my, uh, um, in my little trench like the rest of us are. Uh, uh, what's going on is um, we were, I was just talking to a friend. It's like a combination of these are crazy times, but they're not without some weird, uh, wonderful surprises of like discovering that. I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like, Oh, I get to take more walks and, you know, and uh, what matters and what's important is, is, is super amazing. And so it's, yeah, sure. It's been really hard, but we've been talking and trying to figure out what, what, what is it about these times that, that we can be grateful for. So what do you think? Well, I certainly think it's odd. Uh, and I know yeah. in, in your industry, it's probably even more odd because of how social it is in a city like LA. But for Chris and I, we're in a much smaller town situation. So our day-to-day lives aren't overly affected as much as what yes. people would be in the big city. So I do agree, though, and I think Chris will touch on it as well. He's got two young boys. The amount of family time we've had Quality with time. my wife and, and the animals at home and everything, it, it's been super, super great in that sense. The plant's really happy, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just, I couldn't help it because I'm like, there's this like, it's like this key light on this. I don't even, if this is a radio interview, this is not going to work at all. <laughs> it goes the, on TV. Don't worry. Yeah. The, the fact that they're like, there's, it looks like it's been lit by God, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, so Matt, when, when, when we are talking truth, they're like, it is about quality time. Yeah. When, when Brandon was doing the intro there, he described you as uh, as not a junior hockey player, but in a way, oh, yeah, you're one of the most famous it. junior hockey players that ever were because of the Mighty Duck movies. But going back, what was your experience with hockey before you became a duck? Uh, none, uh, none, zero, <laughs> I, uh, less than none. If there was a possible thing, I I was uh, um, there was a little pond where I grew up. I think I'd been on it once. Then there was like, we'd fill in the parks, you know, like, you know, you'd fill in the, like, it's not really a pond. You'd also have that too. And you know, where you, there'd be like this amount of dirt and then they put a couple inches of water in. And I grew up outside of Chicago and then you get like, that'd be like a fake pond and I'd get out and skate like in fall. Um, but man, I, I lied to get that part. Uh, and then I found out all of us had lied to get the parts. <laughs> I think maybe one, I think, I think Josh had skated because, you know, it's like a Canadian right. You have to come out of the womb with skates on, right, uh, which is dangerous, and uh, um, especially without blade protectors. So uh, I um, – but the fact that, uh, that we'd all lied is hysterical. And then, then even more funny is that they had known that we were – it was like a poker game. Like they knew we would all lie, so they built in this hockey camp um, before the movie started. And, and we got to train with uh, one of my favorite people in the world, Jack White, who's a big, he's done so much for USA hockey and so much. He's in kids all over. And she's his whole family, his, his daughter coaches for uh, I think the WNHL now. And she was on one of the Olympic teams. And, and so his thing was he trained actors to play hockey, you know, and uh, he had done the hockey coordinating on so many films and he's just one of my favorite people in the world. And he trained us and, turn us into hockey players. And I played for my high school team and what it could have played in college. Um, not sure if that was just simply because I was a duck, <laughs> but I'll run with it. Uh, but I, uh, I, I didn't, I stopped uh, playing for a while and then picked it up again uh, just a few years ago um, and realized that I just got Why did I spend 10 years not playing? So, so, it, so in those early scenes, when we saw you guys legitimately struggling in practice, that wasn't so much acting as you just really didn't know what you were doing yet oh yeah 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 that, that's not acting i i know him for that <laughs> um yeah. uh yeah we um and that that was the funny thing like i like we progress you get really good because you know hockey time it's an expensive it's an expensive sport and it's why it's a big thing for me when anything that allows real mighty duck work in the community like how many nhl programs are so much like soccer football clubs in europe that reach out in the community and I don't think enough is said about that, you know, and because it's the bar is so high, especially down here to get people to play the sport who don't have access and means. So like the, that, the fact that we had hockey time, like six hours a day for, you know, five days a week for six weeks, you get pretty good. Um, And then I ended up like, I, I was like captain of my high school team for a little bit. It was like a, um, and, and I've always wanted to be good at a sport and I was never, I was just like, I was, a in baseball, I was the coach's kid and I couldn't even play, man. <laughs> just like left hand, right hand, just not coordinated, like, uh, just scared of everything. And then I found a sport that I got that like, 
I got to be, uh, you know, like, um, it's just, it was, it brings so much esteem, team sports. Oh, I mean, you guys know. So, yeah. So I guess I am a, a famous junior player. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my resume. Yeah. Dust that off and uh, change that line on the, on the resume, uh, former hockey player as well. Uh, how does this all start for you? Because in Canada, the whole Hollywood acting thing just doesn't really exist here in, especially in, in Manitoba, the, the, the Illinois of Mani- of Canada. Hoo-ha. So, I mean, you, you started in 1990 in a minor role in home alone. So you weren't very old, but, was this something your parents put, kind of guided you into, or did you say, mom, this is what I want to do? How did this all come about? It's a, it's a great question, Brandon. Um, no, man, it's just, just, I, I mean, happenstance, uh, um, good timing, good luck, uh, all those things that, uh, we, um, I cannot take any credit for, uh, having red, like really red hair and like lots of freckles, uh, in the eighties, um, and looking like an American kid of like bite and like used to call it bite and smile where, you know, mm, this is good, <laughs> you know, and like, uh, and that this could be like a bowl of frosted flakes or whatever sugar induced thing uh, helps a lot. Um, and then at the time in the eighties and nineties. And so like Chicago, like the Manitoba of, of America uh, would be um, the center of, a lot of uh, advertising agencies and stuff like that. So all the commercial work uh, was in Chicago. So just kind of that helps. And then I got lucky and found an ad in the paper and I found it. My parents didn't find it. I, I don't know why, like what nine-year-old kid, it's the same thing. It's, you know, if we're lucky in life, we find out what we're good at and brings us joy. And I think when you get older, as you guys know, I think I heard you guys are parents or whatnot and, you know, our, we get out of the way and you find out your, your kids tell you, you know, kids tell you can spot like the athletes, the crack of the bat, or that you can hear the carve of the ice when somebody has it. And like, um, I was lucky enough to find a few people along the way who, who supported that. And my mom and dad didn't know any better. They, they, they didn't know, no, we're not an entertainment family. And so they just luckily, um, and bravely, you know, um, I, I think about it, how many times my mom would drive me into the city and in this, you know, we had this old Chevy Caprice and like, she, we didn't know where we were going, none of that stuff. And, and uh, she picked me up after school and we'd go do the thing and I'd learn my lines in the car and, and I just got lucky, man. Um, and I think at the time they wanted uh, like real American uh, kids who weren't tainted by the Hollywood industry and all that stuff and with a gun to their head and an acting coach and, they wanted people who were just free to be themselves. And, and uh, I was lucky in that department. So how old were you when you filmed the first Mighty Duck movie? Uh, 62. I've gone on in age ever since then. Um, yes. Yes. Well, that's a classic Hollywood thing, right? To always yeah. get people way older for. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you can like exploit their, their uh, child, child labor laws or something like that. Right. Um, I was 15. Um, which was painful because I think everything, everybody else was like nine, 10, 11, 12, but I was painfully <laughs> looked 12 when I was 15, <laughs> which comes in handy now, but at the time was, uh, uh, yeah, awkward. Yeah. So, so at what point did you know that, wow, we did something special with that first Mighty Ducks? Like, was it in the months after the premiere? At what point were you like, wow, when did it's this a really good question? Um, the, uh, 
I always like that. I talked to my dad about that a little while ago because we've been reminiscing um, about a lot of this stuff and remembering. And like there was the last we shot that last scene in Mighty Ducks where we're all on the bus line and he's going off to go play hockey. And, and there's that line of us. And and I say to him, I think I say, for God's sake, soft hands. And, and we were all crying because it was the last day of this incredible experience. And I think and then there's the line. We'll see you next year. We got a title to defend like that day that line got written. And so like there was this sense that the possibility like, Hey, are they going to make a sequel out of this? And what's the plan? And so I think we kind of knew we had done something, but not, if we're all honest and I think if, if I, we somehow got all the other ducks or Emilio here right now, man, nobody knew we were making a movie, like everything about it. Like I found out that the, the whole script like went to film in record speed, which never would have happened. It was like a matter of months the script went and they were in production. So um, again, it's like, and it just was a, the right timing. The movie came out, uh, it caught on. And, and, and because it's about underdogs and it's about real people and real kids who are under uh, represented and I mean, how appropriate today. Um, I think that that kind of story never, never gets old. Um, and to be a part of that, I mean, I would say when I woke up and saw them raise that jersey that they were going to have a hockey team, um, I was on, it was like on CNN or something. And I was like, what? And then I was like, I guess we're going to make another movie. And um, I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. It's, it's preposterous to think of the influence that this film has had. Um, I, I've met NHL players, so many NHL players who, who say they, they play hockey because of, because of me. And I'm like, it's not because of me, it's because of the movies. And, and it's like, it's not so. And it's now spanning generations. Yeah. Like I was. Oh, we lost you there. Oh, we lost him. Uh, well, anyway, okay. I'll jump in here while he yeah. uh, uh, jumps on and, and tries to get himself unstuck. Uh, he, I know, I know where he was going with this, but you know, for me, We've got we're closing in a 50 episodes here. We're a junior hockey podcast. I mean, we talk a lot about you know our alumni, our franchise, that sort of thing. But when I sent out some social media earlier last week that you were coming on, I heard from buddies that I haven't heard from in years that were like Averman. Seriously, this is the coolest thing you guys have ever done. And I know that Chris, now you're back. You were saying that you got to witness this movie in theaters when it rolled out in the small town of Russell, Manitoba, and it had a major impact on you as well. Yeah, I kind of froze up there, but I was saying I was nine years old when this came out, and I remember going to the movie theater to check it out. And, you know, now, like, it spans generations because now I've got a, a 12-year-old um, who, you know, I showed it to him a couple of years ago when he's getting into peewee hockey. And when you are a kid, especially yeah. in, you know, small-town Canada, and at that point, being, you know, hockey is kind of life in the winter, and you see kids who are about your age being the underdog and going against the evil team and being the victors. It really made an impact. Oh, and yeah. I remember seeing then D2 and D3 also in that same small town theater. And like I said, you know, you know, now I'm showing my kids who are that, that, that same age. So, uh, you know, for this to come full circle, and it's so almost ironic for them to call it Mighty Ducks Game Changers because yeah. the original, like you guys kind of changed the game for, for a lot of kids and, oh, yeah. and, and, and for a lot of movies that followed in the mid-90s with those underdog kids sports themes, the Ducks kind of set, set the path for that. Yeah, there's, I mean, every film has a message that uh, doesn't feel canned, doesn't feel like 
it, it's like legitimate. I mean, Jordan Kerner, uh, who's I, I treasure and adore, and he's the, one of the producers of the films and, and like, um, like how important, and he lives his life that way too, you know, like about community and, uh, and what things, there is no difference between the means and the ends to him, you know, and he's that kind of a guy. And like, just the fact that the movies have those messages, there's always something like, you know, ducks too, hey, don't rise too high, man. You know, don't think too, too much of like, don't me all about you. It's about, you know, there's always this wonderful message, you know, and in, and in three, which I think is underrated, you know, it's the sense that, you know, you got to play defense. We don't know what's coming our way. And like you grow up with these films and, and I grew up with these films uh, and they were influential in, in making me as the man and the artist that I am and the human. Uh, and you don't even know it, you know? Uh, so to think that they're coming out with the show and, and, and it's, and it's being released right now and, and, to have been a, a play a small part in that. It's just to, to be able to go what it's about and what it represents and the fact that um, now, especially how important the, uh, the Mighty Ducks, like the kind of core of what it means to be a duck, it dovetails directly into the times we're living in. And um, so it's like super, it's perfect, you know? It's interesting. So, uh, oh, go ahead, Chris. No, I was, I, was, I was gonna say I've got to ask this. I know that you were a kid when when this was coming out, and you're not a writer. But when you're on the set of D two, and you find out that Team USA, your 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 big challengers, were gonna be Trinidad and Tobago, <laughs> and then Iceland, as the big big evil culprits. Um, where's where's Canada? Where's where's <laughs> Russia? Was was any of that uh, brought up by any of you guys at the time, or? You guys was playing Trinidad Tobago in those wild tie-dye outfits, and that was just what Americans thought junior hockey was. Uh, it's American exceptionalism to the core. Man. That's what. It is. <laughs> like, like, like. Yeah. I know. I, I know. As Canadians, it wouldn't make sense for us to be the big bad enemies. But uh, when it was Iceland, I remember also walking out, and even as like you know, whatever, twelve years old, being like, Iceland. <laughs> I, I do remember that they were trying to figure out like at the time it wasn't very popular to make like the Soviets cause it like the fall of the road, like they're with right. Russia, they're kind of a new country. They're struggling. There's no bread. You know, it's like, it's like, we can't make them the bad guy. You know, it's, 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 so there was this, I think I'd like to think that they, uh, there was this back room, like, who do we make the bad guy? And then I, I think they just decided that, well, it's Iceland. It's ice, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, Iceland doesn't, they were, I mean, they, they managed to compete a little bit in the last Olympics, if I remember. Like, they got, they got to, like, the, like, final. They got past the qualifying rounds. But, yeah, they're not. They're not at all. Yeah. So, I, I got into a discussion, ironically enough, with a hockey guy, uh, Rod Peterson, who, who hosts a sports talk show in Saskatchewan, which doesn't mean a whole lot in L.A. But we were talking about the influence of the Wayne Gretzky trade from Edmonton to L.A. And we were talking about how important that was for hockey development in, in California. But... His argument as well was if it wasn't for the Wayne Gretzky trade in, in the 80s, followed by the success of the Ducks, there would be no Vegas Golden Knights right now. There'd be no Phoenix Coyotes I, I, and all these I teams. Where agree do you see one, I, I, I agree 1,000%. I talked one of the, the great, cool, like, fringe benefits of having the experience that I've been blessed to have uh, was, like, you get to meet some uh, so many interesting people and, and, and got to hang with one of the original um, – I think it was the first draft pick for the Ducks. Uh, I forgot his name. It was the very first. He was a goaltender, and then he was a, an announcer. He's an announcer for the Anaheim team. And we got to chat. Um, I'm, forgive me. I wish I knew his name. 
but I, uh, he said the most brilliant thing similar to that, like that before Disney came into the NHL, he's like, I remember, uh, like people would be, you'd be like a cloud of smoke at the stadium, you know? And it was like, and it changed the sport in a lot of ways in America and the, the optics of it and made it more, um, family friendly or all these things. And, and he was making jokes about, you know, the, how it's perceived as being just brawling and all that stuff. And, and like the way since Disney got involved that it became, so he totally took that argument. And I was like, I, I was not in my head. I was like, you're right. It really, it really did. At least for America, you know, he, he bear. Is that who you're thinking? Of? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he bear. Yes. So he, I, he works, he got, yeah, yeah. I had to quickly look it up because I knew that they drafted him and Glenn Healy, a Canadian sports broadcaster as well in that expansion draft. But, um, before we, before we let you go, I mean, we got a few rapid fire ones for you that I like to just find out what's, what's kind of on your mantle. So what sort of cool memorabilia did you keep from the set of the mighty ducks when you were a kid and anything you still have hanging around? I, st- I have, uh, I have a pair of my glasses, uh, <laughs> Which, which is funny because they're fake, even though I wear real glasses. Um, and um, I have, it's not from that, but it's from one of the like duck things I did at a, a minor league baseball camp where I have a bobblehead of me, which is really, really great. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, I have a couple of my jerseys. Uh, when I play hockey with the guys when we weren't in COVID times, I, um, I, I got made fun of because I had my tax, my, my, I had my skates from the day with the pump, the Reebok pump tax that I had, <laughs> which were like ancient. And I'd be out there playing, you know, beer league hockey. And every day we'd be playing, the guys would be like, dude, you got, and then I'd get checked or when I'd be like, Hey man, what's up? That's the dude with the tax. It wasn't, you know, it's like, <laughs> so I had my skates until I finally got those replaced. Um, and I had my gloves until the, the inside just tore off, uh, you know, the little internal um, and I couldn't repair it anymore. Uh, that was hard to let go of. I, they were my Ducks 2 gloves. And then I had all my gear and and I got my breezers. I, I still use somehow when we did some community outreach stuff for the Anaheim Ducks down here, um, one of their young interns had tracked down my breezers on the line, uh, my original purple ones. For Canadians, those are hockey pants. In America, they call them breezers, but in Canada, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. pants. But they're shorts. It never made yeah. sense. <laughs> never, and they're none, none of those things, right? <laughs> and so they're super heavy, you know? Like, there's that, like, I'm like, dang, this stuff's heavy. But I still wear them, so. Awesome. I uh, What is one scene? Like, I know that, you know, as, as an actor, and you've done a lot, of, we've talked a lot about ducks. I mean, you've done a lot of things over the years. But going back to the duck franchise, is there one scene that you remember filming and just still brings, like, a smile to your face that, the joke still translates or something maybe happened off scene that is still so memorable to you. <sighs> who's captain Tibbet? <laughs> That's one of my favorite. Yeah. Animals. Who's captain Tibbet? <laughs> I mean, um, so many, I think, I think my favorite and most ridiculous moment is, uh, um, will be, I mean, when we had the eggs, that was ridiculous. Uh, but I, um, the fact when we actually were allowed to not use the fake eggs that were used and then we were actually allowed to break them because they had the fake camera eggs. That, that was one of those moments I'll remember for the rest of my life, like just decking Emilio with egg. Um, <laughs> but also like, and then shooting pucks at Sean. And if you watch the movie when he's tied to the net, you know, and oh, love it. Um, we, when we were shooting, they gave it, you know, those like 
not very good soft fake pucks that you use for practice yeah, yeah. Yeah. never really go anywhere so they didn't want to hurt them so you could see on film that they're not really <laughs> going anywhere so every time i watch that part of the movie i start laughing because it's like you can totally tell those are like sponge pucks um but like hitting sean when he improv that moment when he's pulling the net uh, <laughs> away um and then the day in ducks too when we got to go uh and watch the like models and go out in front of uh and just that whole day in beverly hills like because there's so many of us and then like you know there's like this whole team and then that day there was just a few of us and you kind of felt it was like special and and we were having fun and we weren't on skates my god we weren't on ice for 10 hours and like um and that was like mark maron was on set that day who was just this kid who happened to be friends with steve brill and uh meeting michael j fox uh meeting kareem abdul jabbar meeting wayne gretzky i mean come on yeah. That's so awesome. I guess before we wrap up, how, how in touch, like I know there's been a couple reunions recently with Game Changers coming out and I saw a great picture of all you guys where I don't know why they didn't put Emilio in skates because you guys look like oh. weird monsters compared to tiny little Emilio on the ice. But or I know he terrible photo. It, it, I, <laughs> I mean, I got it. I got it. Uh, it's not fair. And, and it was like at an angle. Yeah. Just, he looked like well, a they were trying to imitate that old one, right? Where it was from Ducks 2 where we were all lined up like that. And it was like the publicity shot from Doug. Yeah, it's yeah. He, so he how, was in his shoes. That was not. That's not good. <laughs> so how in touch with these guys have you been? Like, do you guys have like a group chat? Like, do you still talk to to you we know actually those guys? Do have a couple. Yeah, we do have a couple. Um, I'm tight with. Uh, I just saw uh, Sean Weiss, who's Goldberg. We're, we're dear friends, and we we got to actually see each other in person which was really great a little while ago um how's he doing by the way he's doing great. can you update us on on his status he's doing great he's doing great that's yeah. awesome to hear we love goldberg <laughs> he's comedically he had to be one of the funniest guys to work with was he not at least that's the way it came across on camera yeah, i mean him and i were 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 like partners in crime so it was uh yeah we were i mean we've he's one of my oldest and dearest friends so yeah so what's your role in the new Game Changers? You can't give it away, but are you involved in any way, shape, or form in an episode or anything? All I know is, uh, um, you know, maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a thing. I don't know. You'll have to tune in and find out. Chris, well, you got for, people who don't, well for people who don't have Disney+, Plus, uh, I mean, we, we got it because our, our family, we're a big Marvel family. So with all the new stuff coming out, uh, we wanted to make sure to, to watch all WandaVision now with uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier. And now the fact that you get Docs Game Changers on there, uh, our Disney Plus subscription isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah. I encourage people to go check it out. It's been, it's, it's been really good. I'm looking forward to this being uh, rolled out too. Something for us yeah, to do I'm while we're super, still kind of locked down. I think it's really important. Maybe we need something like this right now, uh, the collective we. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, my generation, Chris's generation, I mean, since the original trailer came out, I mean, we've been waiting for this moment for years to have a reunion of sorts. And, and we didn't know as fans it was going to come into an actual reboot. We thought it might be just kind of a sit down maybe with Oprah or something where she talks to all of you guys. But uh, it's fantastic. And we love that you're a part of it. Uh, before we let you go, touch on what you're doing now. Uh, where can people check out your new music? I know you got a new EP out there. It's got more of a, I know you mentioned in your website, it's a little bit of a John Prine feel. Uh, mm. Rest his soul. Great, uh, great country One musician. One of my heroes, man. 
So where can people find your stuff and how did you kind of get into that whole side of the Hollywood uh, business? Scott, uh, Scott White taught me to play the blues on Ducks 2 uh, and I've been playing ever since. Uh, Scott White was, uh, he played the villains and with different hairstyle in many of the Ducks movies. He played an entirely different character in Ducks 3. And uh, uh, I've been playing ever since. My brother's a musician. He got me playing and I would play. Um, and so, yeah, I've been writing. I started writing songs because I wanted, I write, I'm a playwright and I'm a screenwriter and a TV writer. Uh, so I started writing songs in order to write better plays and scripts and stuff like that. Cause you get that instant gratification. And I felt like if I can write a three minute tune, then I can maybe write a longer piece. Um, so yeah, I have a website, uh, it's Doherty.net. Um, and, uh, you can see some stuff there. There's a couple of videos. Uh, uh, there's a, um, a couple of fun things of me doing things online and different comedic things I've done over the years as well um and then i have a, a spotify page which you could just use my name matt doherty and the wet the the album is called dignity and um i'm really proud of it it's got a little uh, a little bit of all the americana things that i love got a little then, twang it's, yeah, it's got yeah a little twang yeah. well you know john prince chicago with a little twang too so uh and then um and then yeah i basically spend a lot of my time writing and i have a couple of fun things that were you know hopefully uh getting across the line you never know what's going to happen with that stuff and then i still obviously act whenever the, the phone rings and uh gets a chance but uh, my love and my heart is in um is in making work for other people and uh i don't know why i just i think i love actors so much that i i love to write for them well this was awesome chris you got any more for him no i just want to thank you so much Matt, for taking time uh, to do this and uh all the best and everything going forward yeah, and please uh, keep the lights on for those uh, those young dreamers, man. And um, regardless of whether or not where their career goes, it, it's huge. And when you guys were, when I heard what you were doing and and what you guys are about, so I uh, send my best. To must be really hard to play a traveling team sport at a young age during COVID, during COVID. <laughs> during, during a pandemic. <laughs> so yeah. My awesome. heart, my, uh, my entire encouragement goes out to the entire league, and you know, especially your, uh, your guys' team. All right, well, we, we, we definitely appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Matt. Oh, yeah, thanks for making time and thinking of me. Out of all the interviews we've done, that one was uh, definitely one of the more fun ones, just outside the box for what we've tra- you know, traditionally done here on the Weekly Harvest Crow. But uh, again, to get to talk to a man who is a part of uh, one of our uh, big pieces of our childhood, the Mighty Ducks, a big thanks to Matt Doherty. And I encourage people to go and uh, check out his Spotify. Since we recorded that interview, that was just earlier today, but by the time now that we're recording this. Um, so when I went to that meeting I had to rush out to and on the way back, I went to that Spotify and uh, started to check out some of his stuff. It's it's different. I like it though. It's cool. It's very folky. Like it's very bluegrass. Like it's not what I was expecting from him for sure. No, and it's it's pretty cool. So check him out, Matt Doherty dot uh, com. Uh, I believe it's dot com. Maybe it's dot net. Let me just make sure I get this. I right think it's dot net. Yeah, Matt Doherty dot net. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's he's transitioned from actor to writer to he's teaching at a at a local. Um, you know, actors kind of studio as well. And now he's into a little bit of music. And he said, of course, when the phone rings, he does acting whenever he can. So uh, great interview today. And of course, uh, with Disney Plus launching uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, it's have now you watched first episode episodes. one. I, I have not yet. Yeah. Um, I, I'm waiting. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Being the Mighty Ducks fan I am, when I, when I was able to book Matt, 
I was so pumped. And I said to my wife, I was like, this is awesome. This is one of my favorite guests we're going to have. And she's like, oh yeah, good, good, good. And she knew who Averman was, but she finally admitted to me the other day that she's never seen the Mighty Ducks, any of them. And, and this is after, player. I know she played division one hockey and like played on every hockey. She played boys hockey too, growing up. So she would have been around the same age as me with all of my buddies that she was playing with that we've been watching the movie. So, and this is after I go online and I'm bidding on Mighty Ducks movie memorabilia for my man cave. And she just like, yeah, too cool. Go ahead. She never said a word. So finally she admits, and she was pretty sheepish about it when she admitted that she'd never seen it. So now we have a plan. When I'm all done out of this hub, we're going to sit down and watch one, two and D three. And then we're going to start the series together. I'm going to, I'm going to, Take her on a trip to my childhood and bring her up through the Mighty Ducks. Uh, she was pretty embarrassed when she told me she hadn't seen it, and I let her have it. I well, suggested a divorce lawyer, and yeah, it, yeah, I was pretty upset. When I, when I told Jude that we we're having Matt on the podcast, one, he was asking when. He was really hoping that it was going to be on a night where he was going to get to be here and it was going to be at the house, <laughs> so he was going to get to see him too because, again, like he's a fan of the Mighty Ducks. But uh, when he found that out, he's like, I want to watch that movie again. So we watched uh, one and two over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you snapped me on the weekend. Yeah, it's a I mean, great movie, of course. I'm like, yeah, we'll watch that again. Uh, but so we we did start Game Changers. Didn't really talk about in the interview because he's not in ep- ep- episode one and uh, and whatnot. But uh, he wouldn't even tell us what episode he's in. I know he's very secretive about that. That's why I was like, okay, well, we're not going to press him on anything about any of the, uh, the other episodes because he wouldn't, uh, of course, tell any of that either. But uh, in episode one, there's no real big surprise. Other, you know, classic duck cameo besides uh, the reveal of of Emilio when he steps off the Zamboni, which is kind of like the reveal in the trailer. But uh, it definitely sets the tone. Um, I did not know that uh, that kid who plays in Letterkenny, who's now the coach of the evil Mighty Duck team in this, that that's Jim Playfair's son. The, Dylan. The coach, yeah. Dylan Playfair. I had no idea that that was Jim Playfair's son and, and the history there uh, until today in the office they were talking about that. But uh, uh, no, I encourage people to go check it out. If you're you know a fan of the classic Mighty Ducks, um, the TV show has definitely had its moments, even you know got me chuckling here episode one. So looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, that was kind of a trip this week. Um, Coming up this week now for Week King Hockey, want yeah. to want to talk about uh, the Week King app. If you go onto the App Store, download the CHL app and select the brand of Week Kings as your home team. So you get the CHL app. Don't get the the old Week King app on some of the old app stores, but uh, you download the CHL app. You select the Week Kings as your favorite team. That way, you can get uh, all the game day content that we do. Has the game day previews, the roster starting lineups, the the the, the, the crow's nest goes out on there as well. So, uh, if you're a Week King fan, you get all the new pushes and notifications. It's at the CHL app. Select the brand of Week Kings. Encourage you to go check that out. And from both uh, that link and on our website, encourage you to go and get a fifty fifty ticket. All the uh, proceeds are fifty fifty, including during a you know a normal season when we're playing back in Brandon here. Uh, all the proceeds go to the club scholarship foundation for every year that a player plays in the WHL. They get a free year of college tuition with uh, they're not just their tuition, but uh, uh, there's a whole Everything bunch of extra costs. Yeah. Like it's it, it's it's fantastic. But for a club, it can run like seventy to ninety thousand dollars a year. This fund. So of course, you know, got to got to raise that money. So fifty fifty in the sportsman's dinner is the two big ways that the Week Kings do that every year. Of course, this year could not have a sportsman's dinner. So the only way that we can really do this is with this fifty. 50. So encourage you to go and help support it. It goes in two-week increments. So the jackpot will be drawn every two weeks for the next few weeks. So you can go on, check it out, and be a part of each one. It's at weekkings.com slash 50-50. But if you go to weekkings.com, it's right there at the top on the splash page. So encourage you to go check that out and help support the Scholarship Foundation. 
Busy week again, as you touched on. Uh, depends on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on debut day, the 30th, Brandon taking on Prince Albert at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, I will have the call on the CHL stream uh, this afternoon. Of course, uh, it is a Q Country broadcast night on the stream. Uh, and then as well on Thursday, April 1st, it's not only opening day for the Blue Jays, which is a major day on the sports calendar. Uh, Brandon taking on Regina. That's an 8 o'clock start on Thursday the 1st. And then back-to-back games on Sunday and Monday – so uh, certainly uh, plenty of hockey coming up for the Brandon Weekings. There was a time change for Sunday's game on the 4th. It's now at 7 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock Manitoba time. So uh, plenty of that, uh, more Weeking hockey coming up. Of course, every game on Q Country Radio, the official home of the Brandon Weekings. I do have a funny story to share. Okay, no, um, one second. And- now, don't, now, don't lose the story. Do, okay, do nope. keep going. But uh, you did say that the past game on uh, Thursday was, uh, I think you said 7 or 8. It's at 9 o'clock. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm looking. So, okay. so 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 again. Uh, now I have two funny stories. Yes, yes. So again, we've talked about time change here on two podcasts. How it goes back and forth. So uh, the late games will be at nine o'clock. But Correct. this Easter Sunday, and I, I do applaud the, the, the WHL for this. If it's a single game day, like on Easter Sunday, why make the teams wait until nine o'clock? Uh, I like the idea to start at move at, ahead. Yeah, you know, at at seven or at eight or whatever it is. So um, I do applaud that. But yeah, so nine o'clock on Thursday. What's your funny story? Okay, I've got two of them. One is, and 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 any of my family, friends, and other people I've worked with can attest to this, and you especially. I am I am completely brain dead when it comes to time changes. Did you and have another one since we? I lost can't do it. it. I can't do it. It's awful. Like every time somebody asks me what time I have to do something, I literally have to get a pen and paper and write it out because I just can't. Okay, so Matt was in L.A. today, and he said I'll do the interview at twelve thirty L.A. time. Well, I had to Google what time is it in LA and like literally draw a map so that I could comprehend what time to tell you in Brandon to be on the computer. It, God, I just can't, I don't know how it's been like that since I was a kid. When the team goes on the U S or, or BC road trip, I have to like, it, it takes a lot of work for me to put together that schedule. And I don't know what it is. I just, there's a lot of things I'm good at, but Time and telling time is not one of them by any means. And like Perry, Perry will ask me what time is the team practicing. I'll tell him what time they're practicing in Regina. He'll think that I'm telling him what time it is in Manitoba. And then he'll call me and say, why is nobody calling me back? Are they on the ice? And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I forgot to tell you what time it is. But anyway, speaking of Perry, this is a funny story I was going to say. So uh, for fans that want a little peek behind the curtain, so you're, you've been hearing Perry and Pete on the pregame show live via Zoom. And it's the same way we do the post-game interview with the coaches and the players. So Chris and Kelly, back at Command Central in the office, they pull up a Zoom meeting like we're recording this podcast on. And I have it muted through my broadcast board. So then when the coach sits down and gives me a thumbs up, I'll unmute it and we can go live with the coach. It's great because some teams out in BC and the U.S. division haven't quite got this figured out yet. So we're able to get that. So anyway, sometimes when we're sitting there waiting for a coach, like after a loss, when they're addressing the team, I like to mess around with Perry, who's on the post-game thing. So after game number one, I wrote on this piece of paper that you can see if you're watching, and I wrote, Perry, you're ugly, on the back of this piece of paper after game number one. And I just held it in front of my camera, hoping to make him laugh. Well, the sheet that I wrote it on is my sponsor sheet that has all the liners. So now every game in the post-game show, while Perry is waiting for the interview, I'm holding it up like this, reading it, and all you can see is my note that says, Perry, you're ugly. And it's not because I'm doing it to be mean. It's because I wrote it on the sheet of paper that I need to read in front of my camera every night. So now it's just become a funny thing that every night when Perry's looking at the camera, I'm holding up a sheet that's telling him that he's ugly. So anyway, I just thought that was funny, and uh, I thought the fans would enjoy that because they know how much we make fun of Perry on this podcast. So. (laughs) 
He is a he's a he's a good looking fella, but I mean, we like to have fun with him. And now it's now it's become a funny thing that every time I read a sponsor, he knows what he looks like. <laughs> and uh, it's not podcast friendly, but uh, it can go back and forth on that uh, on the on the Zoom as well. So it's not as if Perry is going to take that from you. That's all I'm going to say. Oh no, he he gives it back. Yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing too. Trying to coordinate with those two guys for a pregame show in Manitoba with the time of the day. Oh man, it's a nightmare. Just I, I'm so more, bad. If anyone has, has any tips. If anyone has any tips on how to remember what time things are, send it to the email inbox. We got anything in the email inbox this week or no? Actually, I'm going to pull that up. It's qweeklyharvest at gmail.com, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. The letter Q, based on, of course, uh, our radio station, Q Country, 91.5, the exclusive home of the Brandon Wee Kings. You can check out uh, Q Country at 91.5 or 8.80 a.m. Also online at qcountryfm.ca. Uh, not only, Crow, every single Wee King broadcast, but also your Crow's Nest. Uh, well, thanks to Westman Business. That airs uh, every day at 12 and 5. Plus, of course, we got the podcast here. So um, everything's Wee Kings. It's all to do with Q. Uh, yeah. In the email inbox, we have got uh, we got two this week. Ooh, I got uh, yeah, I got one here from uh, from Ryan. I Ryan just uh, oh, it's more of a more of a hub question. <laughs> Ryan's going, how is the food in the hub? Um, are the guys being treated well? I saw the keg dinner. So uh, I would say, Ryan, I'm going uh, to tell you this. The keg dinner was probably, yes, the very special uh, night. Um, but uh, overall, I've heard that the food is actually quite good. Like the players are, are the, overall the first enjoying week, it. I, I think the first week, the catering crew inside the university was struggling with the fact that they had to feed that many teams. And I don't know if they were prepared for it. And, I, and I'm yeah. not knocking them. I, how do you prepare to no, feed I think that you 200 have to kind of, athletes? Yeah, and athletes. Like they, they kind of just had to figure it out, right? What but, you and I eat for breakfast is not the same as what yeah. Ben McCartney and Reed Purplug eat. They're eating twice as much. So after about the first week, once they got the hang of it, I know that... Uh, like Chad Nychuk and some of the guys we've talked to have said that they've really enjoyed it. So yeah, and uh, the other one is uh, Brian, and Brian goes. Uh, <laughs> this is actually a question for you, Crow. He says, uh, "Oh God, uh, it, is it weird, or do you find people looking at you in the empty building?" And I would, I would think that that's actually Brian. That's a really valid question. I, I would think that too. I haven't asked you that. Like we kind of talked about the fact that. Other people can hear you, but have you noticed that that's either a changing your style whatsoever because you don't want people to hear you, or your voice well, is naturally yeah. on, a, on a goal call? Like, are you finding yourself you're trying not to get overly excited and kind of burst out yeah. because you know that the whole arena is going to know that you just lost your mind for that? Game one, I was I was going in worried about that. I was worried that me getting excited, everyone would be in their seats like, "What the hell is that guy yelling about?" Is what I thought. But when I have the headset on, I, I like to hear myself really loud in my own ears. So I have like the ice mics and everything cranked super loud in my own ears. So I don't really notice the silence. Two instances where I have. when The other night when Brandon was playing Swift. So because Brandon wasn't the home team, when they score, they don't get their goal song or a horn or anything. It's kind of just like some somber, na -na -na -na, whatever song they play when the opposing team scores. So when Marcus Secundiak scored his goal, they were delayed on pushing the play button on the music. So I'm pumped because it's his first goal of the year and I'm hooting and hollering. And I look over at the bench and <laughs> I don't know, I'll have to ask him, but there were three guys, Chad Nychuk, Ryland Thiessen, and one other guy were just staring up at the press box. And both of them were smiling. Two of the three were smiling. So there's no doubt in my mind that they could hear me yelling about the goal. And then the second one, uh, when we played Saskatoon uh, last week, uh, I was <laughs> the anthem hadn't started yet. But they were all standing on the line, and public address announcer Darren Zabo said, please rise for the national anthem. 
And normally they just push play. Again, they were a little late. I was still talking. And Caden Daly, former Week King, a guy I talk to on a regular basis, love that guy. I could see him looking up in the press box area with this smirk on his face, kind of like, okay, Crow, it's the anthem. Time to shut up now. And I have to text him and ask him if he could actually hear me. But he was looking. And I don't know if he was looking at the crowd. There's nobody in it. So he had to be looking at me. But it's weird. I haven't really held back at all. I, I feel like I'm still just as loud. But uh, I, I had a parent to Dale Lewis, whose son Braden is playing with Swift Current. He, he, he asked me the same question. I said, I feel like they can hear me yelling. And he said, well, just start making fun of Donnie's suit. And then if he texts you about it after, then you'll know. He <laughs> you'll know. So. Well, <laughs> but it's weird. Those guys for sending in the emails. If you have anything you want to say, any questions, comments, it's qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. Uh, next week, it's episode number 50. Kind of a big one for us, Crow. So next week, we're going to have uh, an exclusive giveaway. So make sure to tune yes. in for that. We got some prizing. Uh, we're going to tell you all about that. So excited for that. Uh, but before we wrap up, you just had me thinking that now that you've seen and we've seen all of the other teams in the hub and you talked about the goal songs, the fact that three of the teams share the same goal song for, for this year in the hub, um, which means that there's only four different goal songs being used. Which one is the best and which one do you think is the worst? Oh. Man, uh, Swift Currents is pretty bad. Uh, it's like, it's rap. I don't even know what song it is. You'd, you'd know better than I do because you're in that email chain with the other teams, but it's like, it's like rap music. I and I'm not a big up. rap I, like, guy. I don't have that readily available. Who, and who's, it's, who's is what? But, but it's not good. Um, Saskatoon's is annoying. Um, it's a good tune. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but uh, well, I'll remember it for next week. I'll, I'll look it up. But it's a good song when you're listening in your car driving to the beach not when you hear it in segments five times in a hockey game. So um, I don't really like goal songs. I wish that teams would have like, you know, individual player goal songs or something, maybe a little more creative. And with time that might happen, but with Swift's with tippins, yeah, that's what hard, makes yeah. it so hard in hockey. Honestly, like pulling back the curtain and talking from a, from a game ops perspective, right. I would I love for that. players to have custom goal songs, but there's times where there's so much going on. Like you don't know who got the goal. So unless you had like a default team goal song. And then if you knew for sure, it was like a guy, um, you know, like we've always had like specific songs kind of for players or events or like some guys have like, specific fight songs i know in junior hockey i've done that over the years guys were like hey when i fight i want to hear this one like okay we can do that but swift's is bad and so is saskatoon's i i'm not a fan of either one of them uh just and it's worse when you hear it over and over again it's like the year brandon used um chelsea dagger no the the same one as the colorado or chicago blackhawks yeah that's Um, chelsea dagger is that chelsea dagger the year that brandon used that and then went and scored like 500 goals that year Oh my, I was so sick of that song because it got played so much. It's a good thing, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm turning into an old bitter man when it comes to music. I, I like my uh, old classic country, Dwight Yoakam, you know, Sawyer Brown. I don't like any of this new age TikTok garbage. I kind of so. like ours, to be honest, like hearing it over the broadcast. Ours is good, here. but it's classic. It's, it's, it's well, very... It's a mix of classic and... And new, right? So yeah, I like and with it. Brandon's, I don't really hear it because I am trying to, you know, You're relay like what happened the in the play. goal better, yeah. right? So I don't yeah. quite hear it as much as some of the other teams where they score, and then I'm a little bit more silent. But yeah, it, it is weird though. Like I will admit, there's a lot of things. And back to the fans and the music and stuff, I find it absolutely hilarious that there's an actual DJ in the building every night, like an actual DJ spinning tunes to like and it's the like seven GM, and it's like the same guy. <laughs> And uh, I can tell yeah. you, based on the last game, 
I think he's getting a little tired um, or, <laughs> or, or he's reaching like levels D, E, and F in his folders. Like he's, <laughs> he's really starting to pull deep because he doesn't want to hear the same songs himself again and again. Um, but uh, yeah, like I can't imagine like two games a day, basically every day for like oh. 60 days. That is a lot of music to play. When there's when like like there's you know there's no like the PA announcer all he's doing is making goal calls and penalty calls. No so announcements. So he's of not any doing sort. any you know any sponsor announcements. There's no cutting to a promo team for doing a game. So like that guy is legitimately running you know about forty to sixty music tracks per game um, and trying to keep it somewhat fresh. Yeah, that guy that guy is in one right now. When when <laughs> Brandon scored when Brandon scored eight. Against who did Brandon score eight against? Uh, I don't even remember now at this point. But anyway, when Brandon scored eight goals the other night, oh, Moose Jaw, Moose Jaw, when Brandon scored eight, Darren Zabo, the public address announcer, he's one of the best in the league. And <laughs> by the seventh goal, he turned his mic on a little early, and you could just hear <sighs> Brandon Wee King goal. <laughs> so, like by eight goals in the second game of the day, even the public address announcers had enough. So anyway, you can certainly feel the energy in the building change by the end of the second game but uh, and everybody's actually, pulling their weight i just said he was getting tired i actually got to give the dj kudos though because i did hear one thing last game that it was our home game he started to play the woo after the goal call yes did and i've heard that, that? Yes. yeah i've heard that a few times so um i, I, I did just catch that it last game but anyway because again i understand there's so much going on in regina like i you know we sent like a little list of here's some of the things like you didn't give them the full list like you know i know that they can't play come on man and you know different yeah. things like that because he's getting out of control that's such a brand thing that we get away with somehow but uh but you know for at least some of those little uh what do you call them like i don't like uh, are they like easter eggs maybe is that the word in a video game term is it an easter egg yeah of, I, I guess of sorts but just you know something that helps kind of like make it feel like more of a weak king game uh whatever game day element we can we can bring in there um so you know kudos to him for at least for at least doing that too yeah it's uh it's it's fun i you know what the best part of the whole thing is i, I it's, it's a privilege to be in this building i mean it really is i mean the fact that we've been able to get to this point and, and be here calling games and actually have hockey happen. It's crazy to think where we were a year ago. I mean, a year ago now we were sitting on our couch wondering how soon we were going to start playoffs. And now we're 10 games into a season. So uh, it's cool. And as we get moving along here, we're, we're going to try and keep you up to date. We've got, uh, hopefully we can get a, a big splash guest for episode 50, but we've got a great little prize pack. We're going to throw out there for one of our lucky listeners. We're actually and talk, you know what? Yeah. Let's just talk about that right now. So we're not going to be giving it away this week, but if you're stuck around no. this, this, you know, this long to the end of the pod again, then, then we might as well reward you. So the prize pack that we're working on for people to win next week, this might be one prize pack or we might break this up and do a couple of things. But so far the prizes that have been pooled, we have a game-worn Brandon Wee King jersey. We have got autographed 8x10s of Ivan Pro. Brandon Crow. Oh, no, uh, oh no. of, of Brandon Crow. Sure. It's okay. <laughs> so one of Brandon Crow uh, and then one of Ivan Provorov. I wonder which one, you know, is frame-worthy. Um, Need a big frame for mine. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we have got... Uh, now, this is very, very cool because there's literally only one in the office. And Crow, I even tell you this. So I'm going to surprise you here on the pod. Oh, yeah. Because, I don't know what because, you're Because, yeah, we're, we're going to put this in for this. It's episode 50. It's been sitting in my desk drawer for a couple of years. It is an original print from when Jordan Tutu was here. One of the, like, the, those, like, Zeller's Weber printing posters that yep. it's the it's the uh, the uh, the Bruce Brothers 
uh, and it's it's autographed by Jordan Tutu. So Whoa. we have got that sitting in my desk drawer for the last like three, four years. And I was like, I don't know what we want to do this for. I was like, I was going to do it as part of the different giveaways for this and that. But episode 50 of the podcast, a 10,000 downloads already 10, and counting downloads, something like that, I think should go to one of our listeners. So we're going to include that uh, in the pod for next week. So that being said, uh, go to QCountry915 on Twitter. Follow them. If, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you 100% follow the Week Kings. Uh, follow myself. Follow Chris. Uh, you, can, you can just keep an eye on things. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, full details of what we're going to do for the, how we're going to give stuff away. Uh, probably going to come out here in the next, I would say, six days or so ahead of next week's episode number 50. So, yeah, yeah, like, like uh, we're going to you know, keep kind of uh, going to keep trying to gather some of these things, talk to our sponsor as well. Our good I know friend, that the Cooler's the, Light. Uh, we're both wearing yeah. our Billy's Beef hats. So who knows what we can put together in a, in a week's time, but we're definitely going to try to have some fun with it. You bet. And Billy's Beef, uh, they cooked up. If you head over to uh, Twitter right now, one of our guests, of course, in the past was Scott Halady. Scooter Halady 29 Actually, follow him. He's a good follow. He does a lot of behind-the-scenes weeking stuff. But the coaching staff cooked up some Billy's Beef steak tonight. Steaks tonight. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I haven't, It actually. looks unbelievable. They did some, like, cheesy bacon potatoes, mushrooms, and some Billy's Beef steaks. And wow. So uh, was it Ryan that asked about the food inside the hub? Go take a look at Scooter's Twitter page Either today. And you or, tell me. Yeah. You tell me what that looks like to you because I'd be paying big bucks to have Scooter fry me up one of them Billy's Beef steaks. So... Anyway, we got lots of things we're hoping to give away. Uh, episode 50, a big celebration here at the Weekly Harvest for Q Country and uh, the Brandon Week Kings, uh, all brought to you by our good friends at Coors Light. And uh, yeah, uh, remember, check out Disney Plus's Mighty Ducks Game Changers, Episode 1, officially out online now with our guest this week, uh, Matt Doherty. He's not in Episode 1, but he will be making an appearance. He did let us know that. At so. some point. Listen, listen. some he, point. He's in the promotional photos, and he's doing the press circuit, so he better be. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. he's just <laughs> grasping <laughs> Otherwise, he's trying childhood. to revitalize his he's career. He's just <laughs> grasping on. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening here this week. Again, to stay up to date on all things Brandon Weekings, it's Q Country 91.5 or 880 AM, and, of course, weekings.com. Until next week, have a good one. Cheers. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wee Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wee Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest.